everyone welcome in to another daily editorial here on the ke report in this daily editorial i am reintroducing k2 gold to all of you the last time i had on k2 gold was back in 2020 so more of an update here bringing everybody up to speed on the company's focus in southwest u.s and in the yukon k2 gold is traded on the tsx venture exchange under the symbol kto on the otcqb under the symbol ktgdf and on the frankfurt exchange and the symbol 23k i am chatting with the president and ceo anthony marguerite now i do want to go through each of the projects within the portfolio but before we get into those let's get a little background on k2 gold as a company it is a discovery group company Give us just a brief intro here, Anthony, on how the company came together, please. Great. Thanks a lot, Corey. And I'm happy to be here. I look forward to the opportunity. So K2 is kind of a successor to Kamenak Gold. Kamenak was another discovery group company that made the Coffee Gold Project Discovery. Uh, they were acquired in 2016 by Gold Corp. Uh, that project still sits with Newmont now. Uh, they were acquired for about $520 million, I think it was. So our team's got a tremendous amount of experience in the Yukon and that those styles of systems. Uh, Eric Beitenheis, my VP Exploration, or K2's VP Exploration, was uh, project manager for Kamenak and then moved over to Gold Corp for a few seasons as well after the acquisition. Rob Carpenter, who is the CEO and founder of Kamenak, uh, is on our board as a technical advisor. John Robbins, Jim Paterson, they were both involved with Kamenak very intricately and also sit on K2's board. Uh, myself, I did some consulting to Kamenak and then to Gold Corp after the acquisition as well. So like I said, from a technical standpoint, our team's got a tremendous amount of experience up there in the Yukon. We understand the mineralization. We know the rocks. We know what we're looking for. All right, let's get into some of the projects then, starting in the Yukon, in the Tintina Gold Belt at the Wells Project. There has been some past drilling here, I, I think back in 2015, 2017, as well as some drilling last year. Take us through a bit of history on this project, please, Anthony. So our Wells Project located in the Yukon, we're about 60 kilometers east of Beaver Creek. Pretty good access. It is heli access, but uh, we've got road access to within a four or five minute flight from the property. So uh, we drilled it, like you said. Well, I guess I'll start before that. The project kind of got put on the shelf after K2 acquired the Mojave project down in California. When I came in as president CEO, Eric came in as our VPX. Uh, I should mention, sorry, Jody Gibson's also our chief geologist. Jody was responsible for a lot of the white gold discoveries with Sean Ryan, as well as some of Full Metal stuff prior to that. So again, super strong team. When I came in as president CEO, Eric and I were looking through the, the projects in the portfolio and looked at the wells and started looking through the data set with Jody and Jody had always liked it, just didn't really have a chance to go back and do much work on it. So while we were in this permitting phase, uh, waiting to get through the process at Mojave, we decided to do a little bit of work. So last year was 2023 and 2022, um, we applied for a YMAP grant. It's a Yukon Mineral Exploration Program. It's an incentive program the Yukon government has. Uh, they'll match up to 50% of $100,000, so potentially $50,000 up for grabs for from a grant. We applied for that. We were successful in our grant. And one of the things that uh, when I was consulting to Kamenak and working with Eric and the guys there, they didn't have a method of geophysics that really lit those structures up um, reliably. 
So we did a lot of work trying to source that, source what geophysical system would really light these structures up to help find new ones and, and target the drilling a little bit better. So we took that knowledge down to the wells. That's what we used that that grant money for. I think our budget was pretty small, maybe it was less than $200,000. Did a geophysical survey over the area where we had the most information. So where it was previously drilled, where we had the most rock and soil sample coverage. And uh, we were really happy when we got the results back, um, generated a number of targets and a couple new areas that hadn't really been recognized before. Uh, it was really interesting to see. I think the, the thing that really excited us was seeing the prior drilling and then applying the geophysics and really kind of getting a relation to where we were in the system and how close we were to to structures that were kind of controlling that mineralization that they saw. So pretty nice high-grade intercepts. I think the highest-grade intercept we had in this last round of drilling last summer was 34.7 grams. It was over a narrower intercept, maybe three meters. Don't quote me on that exactly. You'd have to look back at the news releases. But a number of, you know, seven to nine gram hits all near surface over some longer widths, right in the saddle zone area. We've also got six target areas that we were able to generate with the geophysics combined with the existing soil sample and rock sample data. So, you know, it's about a three by three and a half kilometer area of interest that we're looking at right now based on the results we had from last summer. You know, it really demands some drilling. We looked at last summer as a proof of concept to really prove that the exploration recipe, I guess, if you will, that we had put together was working. So I think we proved to ourselves that it was. We drilled a fence of four holes along the saddle target area that had been focused, where the drilling had been focused previously. And uh, the drill, the results from those holes came back pretty encouraging. So it's a matter of stepping out to the east and west along that structure now and really starting to demonstrate the potential scale of the project. Um, like I said, this mineralization is near surface, it's oxide. It looks nice and there's a lot of work to be done there, yeah. Okay, I did want to get into a little bit more information on some of those targets because on slide 15 of the presentation, which I will post a link to, it does outline these six targets. Really seems like the saddle zone was the main focus, but there were also a few untested or never before tested targets here. How do you go about filtering through what gets followed up on understanding that saddle zone still seems to be the major focus? Absolutely. So that was our key focus. You know, the, the historic drilling there had only um, really tested 125 meters of strike length. There's only five holes into it, not much at all. So, you know, we wanted to demonstrate scale in the north-south direction. We had some some inklings from the geophysics that, in fact, you know, there was some stacked mineralized structures there. So we knew there was one mineralized structure previously we've actually expanded that to eight known mineralized structures now with this recent drilling. That's been very nice to see. And then, as I mentioned, you know, we really start, so the, the holes that we put into it on this last pass were kind of a Northeast Southwest orientated fence. Uh, they intersected each other tip to tail. So we had 400 meters of coverage in the North East Southwest direction. The goal on this next round of exploration there will be to expand that to the West that main saddle target that you see in the center, the anomaly, the highlighted red anomaly there at saddle, that's about 800 meters, a little bit more, probably closer to 850 meters east-west. Um, it has not been really tested in the east-west direction. We did put one hole up to the northwest of it, but it was the last hole of the program. Unfortunately, I don't know what happened, but we lost the drill. We lost the hole, and so that was the end of the program. That drill program went incredibly well. We were 
we were able to drill two more holes than it, than we planned for with the budget that we had. Uh, great crew, you know, I think a testament to our team and their expertise operating in the north there, helicopter operated pro- program, but we were able to achieve more than we set out to in the beginning. And then, like you mentioned, we did test two other target areas down to the south, the Chai and the Eco Trend up to the north. We were only able to put two holes into each of those, and they're huge targets. Uh, we didn't get fantastic intercepts back from gold tenor but a lot of arsenic and antimony in the material that we did recover you know i think it's a matter of really kind of tightening up our targeting now that we have a bit of an idea of the orientation of those structures a little bit better from this drilling so i think taking what we know now and going back and targeting a little bit better will uh, lead to better results in the future here any insights real quick then on when we will find out more about maybe follow-up drill program for this year uh, we're kind of debating that at the board level right now. So I would say in the next month or so, we might have to, we'll have a decision on that. We did have a charity flow through last summer that was raised some money from that for the drill program. And we still have fairly sizable sum left. So that needs to be spent this year and we will be back there is what I can say right now. Okay. Let's move on to the Mojave project then. This project in california uh, look you had it says one of the best oxide gold intersections in the southwest u.s over the past decade when you hit almost 87 meters of four grams per ton gold from surface i believe this was from drilling back in 2020 what do you do here at mojave so we drilled that in 2020 had amazing results you know market reaction was fantastic and so were the gold grades. Like it's all near surface or at surface, very high grade, all oxide, top to bottom. This project is a tremendous project. Chris Taylor had the Mojave project in Great Bear previously. Uh, that's how it came into K2. Chris is an advisor to, to our company as well. I think we put out a news release January 17th. Uh, we had a couple rock samples from a kilometer and a half north of where that previous drilling was. Uh, we turn, returned one sample was 208 grams per ton. That's 6.7 ounces at surface. Another one, 32.1 grams. Uh, really expanding the strike length out of that mineralization, just over four and a half kilometers right now. Initially, we were permitting this project in the EA process. Uh, through that process, we were elevated up to an environmental impact statement, which is what we are working on now. Going through the process, uh, we passed a milestone a few months back. October 16th, we completed a 60-day public comment period, came through that very well from from our perspective. We are currently in the process of completing, well, we aren't, the BLM and a consultant group in between us is completing our draft EIS. Uh, We're expecting that to be completed sometime in February. And from there, uh, we go through another round of public comment uh, in preparation for the, the final EIS. Expect me through that permitting process late spring, potentially June this year. There's a couple variables that will kind of define that timeline, but moving through the process quite well right now. I think we're happy with the way it's going. Uh, We're permitting 30 drill pads. Plan is to drill four holes off of each pad for a total of about 120 holes. We worked with two independent resource geologists to help design this program. Our goal is to walk away with a resource at the end of the at the end of the project, and uh, it'll be the first modern resource on the Mojave property. We also had, took a couple rock samples out on the west side of the property. 
know, it's a huge property. It's almost 6,000 hectares. And when you really stand back and look at it, the potential here is incredible. There's some a lot of copper mineralization to the west. There's some a lot of historic copper workings, historic lead, silver lead zinc workings in the area. When you really stand back and look at this from a geological perspective, you start to see, you know, there's potential that there's a porphyry system driving all of this mineralization that we see across the property. And that's what really excites us going forward. So like I said, right now we're permitting the eastern side to define our maiden resource on Mojave. From that point forward, we'll start working our way west and south. Really looking forward to getting back there and uh, and getting this thing drilled off. Okay. Just a quick touch on the Nevada asset then. SI2 project. Look, this project, you're making comparisons to Anglo Gold Ashante Silicone project that has a 4.4 million ounce gold resource on it. What are you going to do at SI2 here? So currently at SI2, you know, we drilled it last year. From a technical standpoint, we were really happy with the results. Uh, from a market standpoint, we knew the market wasn't really going to understand or give us a lot of credit for what we had done there. But, you know, this was a blind epithermal system. The goal of the drill program that we launched last year was to define two things. Was this, in fact, an epithermal system and is it gold bearing? Uh, we were able to prove both of those. It's definitely an epithermal system. We saw some beautiful textures in the rocks. It is gold bearing. We had, you know, half gram over three and a half meters in the first hole. Not super exciting. But our second hole, we had 185 meters of continuous gold mineralization. Proves that the system's moving a tremendous amount of gold bearing hot fluid. Uh, it's a matter of really trying to track down where that's concentrated and trapped in the system looking for some larger faults. That's what defines silicon. And they, I think a key part of this story is both silicon and our SI2 project were optioned from Origin Royalties. At the time, Origin was the only group out there, project generator, looking for this style of target, these preserved epithermal systems. They're not eroded at all. It's The, enti- the entire system's intact. You don't see gold at surface. It's an entirely new exploration target. That's what drew so much attention to the silicon discovery. Uh, when Origin was out looking for those targets, no one else was. So they kind of had pick of the litter when it came to them. And uh, SI2 was one of the first project properties they staked after silicon. Uh, we were lucky enough to option it a month before Anglo made their initial announcement at SI2. We're currently in talks with a couple different groups right now and looking at the potential to partner with this going forward. Okay, Anthony, I guess one more question that I do need to ask is cash in the bank. What sort of cash does the company have? You already broke down that you do have some flow through money you need to spend, but what is the total cash that the company has to move forward with this year's plans? We are just in the process right now of completing financing. It's gone gone very well. We announced it last Monday. We'll be closing next week. We announced we were going to raise a million dollars. We did a small raise right now because we're expecting the permits to come through for Mojave shortly and uh, be looking for a larger financing to complete that drill program when that happens. All right, Anthony, thank you very much for that update. I am going to post a link to the corporate presentation for K2 Gold so that you can read over, find out more about the projects, and please send me any questions you have for Anthony, and I'll get him to address those for you personally. Anthony, thank you very much for this reintroduction to K2 Gold. Thank you very much, guys.